please walk Sparky for me? No way. <laughs> I'll throw in a caramel frappe. Ooh, make it a large. Deal. Get a sweet deal. $2 any size McCafe beverage on the McDonald's app. Between you and me, Sparky, I would have walked you for free. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Offer valid through 4322 or participate in McDonald's. Valid one time per day. McDonald's app download and registration required. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Arm Yourselves America, this is Defenders Live on Mojo 5 Radio, where you can live free. Tonight, I have with me uh, Richard Manning. Richard has uh, spent uh, a bunch of quality time with some uh, people that everybody should get to know. Um, how, how do I put this? Uh, you spent time with uh, the president and the vice president recently. You're, uh, what is the organization you're part of? Go ahead and... Americans for Limited Government. Um, Americans for Limited Government, okay. That's that's the best thing there. And so you're the president of uh, Americans for Limited Government, and uh, you've been talking with the actual president of the United States and uh, the vice president, I hear? Yeah, yeah. Um, this afternoon, I got the opportunity to, uh, to sit down with the president, vice president, chief of staff, mm-hmm. a number of other people who, ever, who people would know who... Uh, and they they were providing a little bit of insight in terms of uh, the State of the Union, and, and it's a uh, now I, I can't quote anything from any of them, but I can give you my insights based upon what I've been what I've been told. Okay, so no quotings, no exact quotes, um, but if you guys do have questions, in the meantime, while we're going through this, he's going to be here for the first segment. Um, if you have questions, post them up. If I read them and see them and they're good questions, they're not just like what his favorite jello pudding is or something, I'll, I'll read it on, on the air and uh, we'll get it going. But before we do that, uh, I need to talk to you about one of our, one of our sponsors of the show. Um, our show today is brought to you by ERA Capital Management. That's E-R-A Capital Management. See, hiring a financial advisor can cause a considerable amount of anxiety. After all, it's it's hard-earned money, and it's your money, and we're we're talking about here. So, talk to the folks over at Air Capital Management and learn why working for the uh, working with a fiduciary fee-only advisor is the right thing to do. Your your life, your era. Invest in it. Era Capital Management LLC is registered investment uh, investor advisors. Um, investing in securities involves the risk of loss. Go to eracapitalmanagement.com. That's eracapitalmanagement.com or 509-559-6229. If you can't remember that, just uh, go to eracapitalmanagement.com. Ask for Jacob. He'll let you know what's going on. That's eracapitalmanagement.com. Go get some investment advice because we all need it. 
so speaking of investment advice um what's all going on with the spending (laughs) (laughs) put it all in red um oh oh my god the um the uh, what's going on with spending fact of the matter is um, we have a, a spending problem in this country. It's it's enormous, um, and uh, both sides of the aisle bear bear blame. Uh, we have a, um, but one of the things that's absolutely true is that in the last uh, Congress, when ostensibly the Republicans had control of the House and the Senate and the presidency, the one thing that they didn't have control over was the process in the Senate, mm. and they had to get eight. They had to get eight or nine, depending on when it was in the two-year cycle, um, eight or nine Democrat votes for any budget bill, for any spending bill. And as we saw recently with the shutdown, if the Democrats choose to withhold those votes, um, the government gets shut down and the Republicans get blamed. Mm -hmm. Consequently, what's, what's up with the spending is the Democrats like to do it. The Republicans also like to do it. So we got... But... Any spending constraint gets held, gets kind of thrown out the window when the Democrats say, you know, I'm not going to we're going to we're going to shut down the government if you don't give me what you want, what we want. And the Republicans are all too easy, all too uh, uh, willing to say, oh, if you twist my arm, I'll spend more. So, <laughs> oh, no, don't do it. Don't, don't, do, don't, it. don't do it. No. Now, you make the right point because we don't have a we don't have a, a revenue problem in this country. We we've got a we've got a spending problem in this country, and mm-hmm. it's a relatively simple pathway to get ourselves to balance. But there needs to be the political will. And one thing that that I know mm-hmm. is the politicians need to hear from people saying we care about spending. We care about spending. Stop spending our future into oblivion. Well, I mean the entire point. So. Exactly like your like your like your sign like your business is Americans for limited government. So uh, one of the things that we have to do with limited government is we have to limit our spending. We have to limit what we're doing. And speaking of spending, you were with uh, you were with the president and the vice president. They obviously are trying to push a new uh, a new sort of spending bill for the uh, for, to, to to stop the government shutdown. And to to make sure that uh, the funding gets put in place for this wall barrier, um, steel structure, whatever you want to call it, and uh, it talks about such. Um, how's that going? <laughs> well, you know the the Democrats haven't. You know they they said you know if we just open the government up, we'll talk. And you know the uh, and so the president said. Yeah, it's open and they are not talking. So mm-hmm. it is a. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it doesn't appear right now that the Democrats are overly willing to move forward in terms of spending on a. Uh, and and I'm going to call it a steel barrier because I think that's what the president's going to call it. Okay. Um, a, and a steel barrier that is is big and is tall and it's going to make it so it's very hard to get across. Uh, <laughs> but it's not a. It'll be huge. But huge. The, huge but i i can tell everybody out there one simple thing mm-hmm. i've sat with the president three times in the last four weeks each time was built around this barrier issue and 
he is absolutely determined that he's going to get a barrier built <laughs> in order to ensure the safety of the public. It may not be the barrier that he initially thought about. It may not be one of the cool little designs he looked at down on the border. But he's going to get something built that helps secure this country. Because the one thing he knows for certain is without those barriers, the status quo will continue. I believe that tomorrow he'll be talking about at the State of the Union, he'll be talking about his immigration plan mm -hmm. as a whole and reforming immigration as a whole. It's not a plan that says no immigration. It's a plan that says controlled immigration. It's responsible immigration. Mm -hmm. And and immigration where people don't just cut in front of the line and say, you know, well, I'm here and you're not so tough. So it is a it's a responsible plan. He's he's spoken about it before. Mm -hmm. Um I think it's something that he's really going to be reaching across the aisle and saying, this is something you guys should be able to support. Mm -hmm. It's going to challenge the Democrats to support it. Okay. And then one of those, so the cases with uh, his plan and that, I know you can't give specifics about a lot of stuff, but uh, with his plan, is it going to include things like a DACA deal? Is that part of that reaching across the aisle sort of thing? Or is it, um, or, or is it something else completely? I think we may hear a lot of the stuff that he said before in terms of uh, some DACA de deal, trying to deal with um, the chain migration issue, trying to deal with the amnesty issue, trying to deal with the uh, the whole, uh, if you get across the border, we can't, we're not allowed to do anything with you, if you mm -hmm. have a child with you. Um, he's going to try to create a, reach across and say, let's deal with this, uh, here's a comprehensive idea on how to go about this. And it'll be a comprehensive idea that has a lot of things that the Democrats have said they're for in the past, some things, quite honestly, that I'm not completely comfortable with. But I, I strongly suspect, and this is, they didn't give a, a specific debrief on this, so I'm merely going by what he's said in the past, mm -hmm. but I, I, I believe that he's going to come up with something that will say, that will challenge the Democrats, will be really reasonable, and because he's holding out his hand, an open hand to the Democrats, if they choose not to take it, then it's on them, but so, I think he's going to have an open hand to them. Okay, so by reasonable, what does that actually mean? <laughs> Well, by reason, um, I, reasonable well, to whom? Well, I, I don't know. It's, they didn't give. I, I don't have specifics. I know in the past he's talked about chain ending chain migration. Mm -hmm. He's talked about ending the visa lottery. Yeah. He's talked about trying to deal with the with the crisis on the border, both from from a humanitarian standpoint, where we have literally we're running a city down there mm -hmm. without funds to run a city. So you need just supplies. You need beds. You need all those kinds of things. You need doctors. Um, you need all those things down on the border to deal with the people who are there. And we need to have a law, immigration judges so that the immigration judges can process the amnesty cases rapidly. Right now we've got a four-year backup on amnesty cases. People disappear into the woodwork, and then we get about 20% of them coming back to actually do their case. And of those, about 5% of them end up getting uh, getting amnesty. So you end up having, you have this system right now that effectively denies people justice because it denies them a speedy trial and mm -hmm. doesn't serve the U.S. national interest because people are just blending into the woodwork and nobody's putting their life on hold for four years. They're integrating into the society as opposed to, um, and at that point it becomes very, very difficult to dislodge them. Oh yeah, they, not only do they, do they blend into the society, but they vanish. Overall, they they just they just go and they're gone. It's like uh, it's like the same deal. You get you get your judge, and the judge says, "Okay, you need to be back in court by this date." And uh, they're like, 
okay. <laughs> and they vanish. So, so what are you going to do? It's exactly right. They, and that's exactly, um, so he's going to, he's going to make it what I call a common sense case that the American public will hear. Mm-hmm. And the question will be, will the Democrats, um, meet him with a common sense case? The one thing I know is he came off, he, he offered a DACA deal, um, mm-hmm. in the, to the Democrats, and the Democrats have not counteroffered at all. They haven't given him a counteroffer. He is essentially still waiting for a counteroffer because here's what they think. Okay. They think they're going, if they deny him the barrier, the wall, that they'll get elected, that Kamala Harris or somebody of that ilk will end up being president, that they'll take control of the Senate, and it'll be a repeat of, 2000, of the 2008 election, and then they'll be able to run the table on everything in 2021. Mm. That's what they believe is going to happen. That's Nancy Pelosi's experience. That's her life experience. And so that's what she's banking on. What she's not banking on is the fact that there are 30 Democrats who were in Trump uh, in Trump districts, and in those Trump districts, they believe Trump is the polling shows they believe Trump is right on the barrier. That Trump yeah. has been the the honest party in this, and as a result, he, she's got 30 Democrats in her caucus who are who are sitting there who are being torn to sh- torn to shreds in their own districts about what their political interests are versus their versus their political interests in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and problem nancy pelosi has her caucus is completely divided on this and it's up to us to try to make certain that those democrats who are who are in those kind of districts uh, in trump districts are sitting there and saying are feeling as much pressure as possible because we have to break her caucus i say we anybody who's on the side of secure borders <laughs> has to break their nancy pelosi's caucus and mm-hmm. make that happen and so it becomes really, really important that people are getting input into Congress on this issue and uh, supporting uh, secure border on the secure border. Okay. So, by the way, I'm I forgot to tell you about this. Uh, you had a couple of innuendos in there, um, mainly Nancy Pelosi's caucus. I had to get a couple of those in, um, or else the audience will uh, jeer me for that, not putting those in there. Okay, so... <laughs> I realize that's actually what it's called. I do know that, but it doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. We, we, do know, we do understand the actual phrasing, but it doesn't matter. It's, that's fine. It's a, I, I we, it. Our audience is affectionately called jackholes for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Um, so, uh, okay. One big thing that's being pushed uh, by the audience uh, specifically is is a two-part question, but I don't know if you're going to be uh, able to answer either, especially from conversations with the president, and that is, where where in the budget is the money for the wall, and where is the actual budget in the first place? (laughs) That's a great question. I know, right? Uh, there's no budget for twenty for twenty nineteen. Okay, there hasn't right. been a budget created. There was a actually there was a budget that the uh, that the House passed last year um, that that did pass the House. It didn't pass the Senate, but it did pass the House, um, which is not all that unusual. But the president the president submitted a budget that had a that basically cut the government over ten years by four point six billion dollars. It was balanced in ten years, but that wasn't uh, something that they considered very actively. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there. So on the budget front, you know, bottom line is we don't actually do budgets in America. Not anymore, uh, anyway. Not anymore. Um, in terms of where the money is for the wall, the money for the wall will is in your pocket. Um, that's, <laughs> that's a uh, that's where the money for the wall is. We're gonna dang it. You know, we're gonna print it 
or we're gonna, we're, you know, like most of the deficit spending, mm-hmm. uh, we'll just print it, and it becomes, you know, just another, you know, another ten billion dollars into the uh, deficit. Um, if he chooses to go, if he chooses to go in terms of using the defense, his his position as commander in chief, mm-hmm. and it'll come out of the defense budget that is already that is already appropriated, and it would be a defense budget item. Um, it also there is a potential of coming out of Department of Homeland Security budget um, in certain measures. But if he ends up having to go uh, using the Defense Department, his commander in chief duties, it'll be coming out of Defense Department uh, mm. reallocations. Gotcha. So more than likely, it'll be a Defense Department thing. They'll be pulling it out of the Defense Department if he can't find it anywhere else, because at least they have a budget there that he can pull from because the executive branch and all that. Is that correct? Is that kind of where you're going with that? Yeah, it is. And, you know, Army Corps of Engineers exists as a mm-hmm. uh, walls. That's what they do for a living. And it's a walls and bridges. And so they are uh, they're in the Defense Department. So it makes sense that that would be the budget that it would be coming from. And you have some capacity transfer uh, funds based upon uh, the discretion of the exa- of the commander in chief. So mm-hmm. that's where I think it, now, truth, truthfully, it, this is just my speculation. This is not based on anything I've been told in terms of uh, certainly not today's conversation with the White House. Right. Uh, it wasn't the focal point. Um, but, yeah, I think I think there are places where the money exists. It's already been appropriated and they can move forward with it if they have to. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, if talk about the budget and about using monies that are already put into discretionary spending makes your stomach churn, maybe you should try Autron Teal. Autron Teal or lovemytummy.com forward slash mojo. Use the promo code mojo when you buy it. Uh, you get a uh, 90 capsule box, which is normally thirty nine ninety five. You get three of those uh, with a coupon code. That's a three month supply. It uh, saves you $20 total on the order. It's $99 total for that, uh, for that uh, package. Entron Teal is, uh, is the world's first ever um, over-the-counter proven solution for bloating and uh, tightness and distension in the stomach area. So uh, it's one of the best things that you can do. If you have uh, gluten intolerances, if you're a person that has issues with food, you should try Entron Teal and make sure that your tummy is the best it can be because your stomach health is actually your physical and mental health. Go to lovemytummy.com forward slash mojo. Use a promo code mojo and get those $20 off. It really does make my stomach churn, honestly, thinking about the money and the budget and everything else going on and how it's actually going to get spent and who's going to spend it and how it's going to be done and how it's going to be allocated. Um, One of the biggest things that, exactly what you're saying, using the Army Corps of Engineers and things like that isn't, technically, is that not an overstepping of, of powers? Well, you know, I don't know if it's an overstepping of powers. I'll, I'll give you a simple example. Um, in the Constitution, if let's say the governor of Texas uh, declared a, said, I've got an emergency on the Texas border. The U.S., the president has a responsibility to respond to a state, to a governor who's declared a, a national emergency as border. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's true. So, that, so constitutionally, there's lots of ways that this could work um, beyond calling, you know, doing an emergency, emergency declaration. But 
I think it's very clear that Article 2 gives the president a lot of leeway in terms of defending the country and in in terms of being the commander-in-chief. Congress has effectively walked away from their responsibilities in terms of, uh, you know, doing anything related to War Powers Act or anything like that. And so it's really hard for me to to get all worked up when we have a demonstrable crisis at the border, both a humanitarian and a physical crisis at the border, um, and with terrorists and all sorts of other bad guys, as well as people who are just sick or just trying to get here for economic purposes, uh, coming across the border on a regular basis in, in a high degree, high volume. Oh, don't forget I, about the uh, the sex trafficking going across our borders as well. And, and yeah, I, I can't forget the human you know human trafficking is one of is is really one of the most egregious things. I mean, we what we have. I, I learned this the other day. It's, it's just stunning to me. I didn't realize that some of the cartels, like the Los Zetas in, in Texas, uh, south of Texas, are actually make more money from human trafficking mm-hmm. than they the drugs. Yes. And, the reason, and, I, and I never understood why until I, I heard somebody explain it last Friday. Um, and what they said is there is a, uh, what they do is they require these people to transfer, send their money back home. Well, they send their money back home. Via their they, stuff. But they send it through the cartel. And the cartel takes a cut mm-hmm. and give the money to their family, the rest of the money to their family. And oh, by the way, if the money doesn't come, what happens to the family? Your family they know where your family is. Yeah. So, so these folks who are coming here to work are then effectively slaves of the cartel. They're mm-hmm. indentured servants to the cartel, and the cartel's always taking a piece with exactly. their family at risk. And that is how the cartel's making massive amounts of money on on this human trafficking trade. And, and we are effectively going along and putting a blind eye to the enslavement of a whole population that's working right under our noses. That's wrong. That's the moral. That's what's morally wrong here. What's mm-hmm. being morally wrong? Morally wrong is, is creating an environment where people are being subjected to being effectively indentured servants to really, really bad to the mob, to the Mexican mob. That's just it's insane for us to do that for our policies not to fix that. It's just beyond our own. If you don't care about our own borders, at least care about the people who are being enslaved. That are um, across the borders. That are across the borders. Well, yeah, and uh, one of the biggest things that uh, you were saying that one of the biggest things that they make money off of is the uh, the, the enslavement of these people basically go, going through and, uh, and the, the people trading. Um, and it's just, it is an actual, it's an actual fact of today's society that currently, as we sit, there are more slaves in the world than there ever were during the 250 years prior to uh, emancipation it's, it's all combined yeah it, it just is amazing amazing fact but it's true and uh, and it, it's you know one of the things that that uh, you know getting away from the politics of the border you know, I, I look around, I look around the world. I worked at the Department of Labor back in the Bush administration, okay. and one of the things the Department of I know I loved it. It was great. Um, it was a great opportunity. I learned a tremendous amount. And one of the things they do is they try to do. They've got something called the International Labor Bureau mm-hmm. that goes tries to deal with internet. They at least chronicle slavery around the world, and every every year they come up with a book that's about that thick, and. Mm-hmm. 
I got the opportunity to to be on the uh, President Trump's transition team in the Labor Department. Mm -hmm. And so I went and met with some people I used to work with. I was Chief of Staff of Public Affairs, and I used to work with a lot of these same people um, doing public relations for them. And, you know, eight years later, I come back, and I, I have the book, and I'm looking at it, and all the same countries with all the same products are still listed. And so I, I asked, well, you know, eight years ago, we were working on this, and it's still there. How come? You know, <laughs> We're making no progress here. <laughs> what happened? Well, the, the fact is people get put on a list, but there's no repercussions for being on that list. For instance, cocoa. The cocoa trade out of the Ivory Coast, the Cote d'Ivory, is, a, is a, a slave trade business. And all the big chocolate manufacturers, cocoa manufacturers, you know, all know it. They've all signed a pact, and we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to try to stop this. And eight years later, we still have the same listing, and I'm mm -hmm. and they couldn't give me an answer as to why, but it just it's a real problem. It's a real problem around the world, and it's something that I think um, I think as we become more and more aware of it, I think it's one of those things that the market can take care of. If we're aware that certain products are created using slave labor, mm -hmm. you have a choice. To not really, use it, to not use it, to like buy Nike, it, like <laughs> Nike. Yes, um, um, you know, New Balance is made in uh, in in the Northeast, mm. American workers, mm -hmm. and so you have a choice on a tennis shoe. You can buy a Nike or you can buy a New Balance shoe, and you know, I not tell anybody what to do, but if you want to have, uh, if you if you want to benefit. Uh, uh, slavers in Vietnam who pay people $100 a, a month to create uh, clothing like Nike shoes um, and say, you know, that's a that's fine. And they sell you the shoe for $400. That's a, that's your choice. No big deal. Uh, New Balance uh, employs American workers. And um, I would just take a look at that as I was. Making oh, yeah. my no, they have a great shoe, too. Um, but so. One of the things that's getting brought up in the in the feeds and everything else is, um, you know, the annual what, what is it the 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 annual Intel uh, threat threat assessment going through. So uh, there, a couple of people have posted on here saying that uh, the on that you don't find things like the border wall and such like that. Real quick, is that something that should be on there or is that something that shouldn't? Oh, can't hear you. Your mic popped out. I think the music is blocking you out. Hold on one second. We'll get you on the other side real quick of the two minutes, and then uh, we'll get you out of here, sir. Never Forgotten Apparel is more than just a premium women's and men's clothing line. It's a movement to remind us to wear American-made and serve those who serve us. Our heroes. Never Forgotten Apparel gives 20% of their total sales to nonprofits that support homeless veterans and off duty firefighters, and 50% to individual veterans and firefighters in need nationwide. Check out NeverForgottenApparel.com. Use promo code MATT, M A T T, and get 15% off your purchase. So you're looking for a job, right? Wait, no, should I be? I mean, uh, I always keep my options open, but should I? We'll. we'll We'll talk about that after uh, this. Uh, but if you happen to be looking for a job, one of the most important things you will need is an updated and current resume. Are you trying to tell me something here? Nicole's Resume Renewal Service is where you should go take your resume to the next level. I, I really don't understand. Have you, have you seen what happens when you try to go it alone? 
Go to facebook.com forward slash Nicole's Resume Renewal Service to get your resume in top shape. And don't forget to use the promo code DEFENDERS for $10 off any resume package. Is this because we aren't going daily right now? That's facebook.com forward slash Nicole's Resume Renewal Service. That's facebook.com forward slash Nicole's Resume Renewal Service with the promo code DEFENDERS for $10 off. Is this really for me? I, I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, seriously. Is this this for me? Nah, it's, it's water on the bridge. Dating today with all the crazies out there has Jeez. to be nuts. Yes, it really would. It wouldn't it be nice if there was a place you could go to find people who think like you do? Like like me? Like libertarians and conservatives? Right? There is. We huh. the people dot dating. Amazing. What a genius idea. This is a site that you can go to if you're single and you are looking for somebody who you know you're going to think the same way as for, you know, from a, a political freedom standpoint. Uh, if you want to date the right person for you, you'll find them in one place. We the people dot dating. Mojo50.com. All right, and we're back. You're listening to Defenders Live, and with me tonight has been Richard Manning. Richard Manning, um, where can people find you? Um, since obviously we're on the radio, give them all the, all the information, the best ways to find you, to talk to you, to converse. If they want to join something, where can they do that? GetLiberty.org is our website, GetLiberty.org, mm-hmm. or at LimitGOVT, at LimitGOVT on the Twitter, in the old Twitterverse. On the Twitterverse and everything else. Uh, that's right, Jack Holes, they are on the Twitters, so you can find them there. <laughs> He's also on the Facebooks and everything else, so you can check that out there on those those cases. Um, you said on Thursday nights you, have a, you, you co-host your own podcast, don't you? Yeah, we do. Uh, it's Conservative Commandos Radio, where we're online. We're online, um, CCR CCR Show dot com. CCR uh, Show. Yeah, and it's a um, uh, so we're online. We're also on over stick broadcasters in eight states, and uh, and obviously I then try to grab pieces of it and send it out to people who sign up for our uh, daily feed that we put out, uh, which, by the way, is read by uh, people in the White House and read by people in uh, Skokie, Illinois. So everybody gets it. It's the same information, and uh, uh, you and it's free to get. Just go to Get Liberty and sign up as a, as a subscriber, and we don't ask you for money or anything. We just provide you the information so you can be informed. Awesome. Well, Richard, it has been a pleasure to have you, sir. Hopefully one uh, one day soon we'll have you back, um, maybe in a month or a couple weeks, if that's okay with you. Thank you. it be great. Love awesome. it. Great stuff. Everybody, Richard Manning, um, thank you. You have a great night, sir. Enjoy your early morning. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. Thank you very much. And watch that State of the Union. It's going to be hilarious watching Nancy sitting behind Donald Trump while he's talking. Just watch her face crack. <laughs> I don't think I think if she actually smiled, her face would break. So that's definitely the deal. Well, sir, you have a great night. Um, get some sleep. <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. It is uh, quite amazing with everything going on, what we can do on a daily basis here. So glad to have him there and have him on. Um, that was Richard Manning, by the way. If you guys didn't catch that, that's... Uh, at Limit Government, at, at Limit G-O-V-T on the Twitters. Glad to have him there. 
Sean Spicer. No, that wasn't Sean Spicer, Dad. Come on. That is not cool. Not very nice at all. Um, so we've had a ton of stuff going through. Um, talking about the government, talking about walls, talking about other stuff and everything else. And you know what? I just... I knew that was going to happen. I actually had a whole nother set of things planned. This just popped up out of the blue. Um, you know, first thing this morning, I got a, I got a call, I got an email about him being available for, for that sort of thing. So I had this whole thing about walls and borders and everything else. I guess I'm going to have to save that for tomorrow. Oh, wait. The president's speech. Son of a gun. I guess I'm going to have to save it for possibly tomorrow and... When that's going to help out or not, because uh, more than likely his speech is going to overcast my show, because it is at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, so everybody love that. Yay! Boo! That's okay. I can handle. Not a big deal. We should be uh, we should be pushing that so everybody can hear it at least. But in the meantime, a couple things wanted to go through. First, uh, first and foremost, go to Tar River Arms. That's traguns.com. Tell them that Steven over at Mojo50 sent you. Um... And you can get some good deals going on there. Tarver Arms, they're, they're America's first virtual gun store. They make it easy and more comfortable for you to purchase your firearms online anytime. It's a modernized online firearms sales to accommodate the, the online generation, the generation that's not only mine and yours, but the kids that are beyond us. They have great guns, great prices, at a great service. They're veteran-owned, veteran-operated. Uh, they've got weekly specials, great stuff. They eliminate some of the shipping and broker deals, especially if you use the names and the promo codes. Plus, they have layaway and consignment options available to you right now. Best things available. Get it done today. TRAGuns.com. TRAGuns.com. So, Wendy, you got to work? What's wrong with you? Don't tell Matlock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they double charge you if uh, if you tell them that Matt Locke sent you, but tell them Steven sent you over on the uh, over on Mojo, and everything's good to go. Everything will be good to go. So let me ask you a question: Blackface, bad thing, good thing? Bad thing, good thing? Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? Blackface is a good thing or a bad thing? I gotta ask um, mainly because couple things have happened over the past couple days we've had a governor that said you know oh you know the blackface blah 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 and the all this other junk and i did i wasn't the one that did it i was the guy that was wearing the mask of the 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 clansmen and junk and you know not really but um blackface is a bad thing probably so of course if you are a comedian um and on the left and that's how you made your living blackface is just fine just ask sarah silverman why ask Sarah Silverman? Because Sarah Silverman got her start by doing stupid crap like a blackface sketch. That's right, everybody. It didn't used to be a problem for liberals and uh, and the left to make fun of uh, uh, fun of events and current things and do blackface and all that junk. I mean, what would the whole you know? white chicks movie doing the white face and everything else going on you thought it would have been just fine not a problem at all you see back in 2007 for a tv sketch for a comic uh, a comedy television sketch sarah silverman sarah silverman that's right everybody's beloved nastiness of a terrible joker it's horrible she's not that great yeah not really that great. She said, and I quote, comedy by nature is not at all, uh, not at all evergreen. And if you're doing it right, you look back on your old stuff and you're horrified. 
I can't erase it. I can only be changed by it and move on. She also said, I was praised for it. Praised for the blackface. And it made me famous. So you're telling me blackface can make this young starlet comedian... I'm saying that in big air quotes. Big air quotes. Young starlet comedian... Uh, a huge star basically overnight. But a governor who likes to dance like Michael Jackson for in, in the state of Virginia apparently uh, and has a doctorate somehow. I don't know how, but has a doctorate somehow. Um, apparently that guy, hmm, he can go ahead and kill babies all he wants. But yeah, wearing that blackface from 35 years ago, that's not good. Well, this is from 2007. It's a lot later in the days, a lot closer to the now time, a lot closer to the big hashtags and all the, you know, uh, you, you, you've got to be civil rights and everything else and blah, blah, blah. And on this Black History Month, I had to make sure to point out blackface is kind of a leftist thing. It's kind of a thing. It's kind of a thing for comedians to do. It's kind of a thing for everybody else to do. It was never a problem. Blackface wasn't a problem until Black Lives Matter. It wasn't an issue. You didn't have to worry about, oh, you know, blackface. Yeah, okay, I get it. But then again, we did see it as a problem. I was raised with an idea that that's not a good thing to do. Not just by my parents, but also, you know, by the society that I lived in. It's not good to do that. Why? Because technically it's making fun of a person because of their skin color and because of the way that their lips are set. It's not, it's not a thing. You're gonna make fun of somebody, make fun of somebody for what they, uh, make fun of their beliefs, or make fun of you know what they do, their actions and things like that. Don't make fun of them for their for, for their skin. Don't make fun of them for for having some sort of issue, for a stutter or for anything else. You know, you make fun of the idea. You don't make it personal. You don't take it to a point to where you know you're causing an issue for people, even if it is comedy. You make it, you make it fun for everybody. Yeah, Dad, we never discussed blackface because we didn't have to. It was an understood notion that that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> it was just, you know, it was on the old uh, old cartoons, and it was always like, a, oh, that's not, that's not good. That's not a good thing. It's probably not the best. And that's just, just kind of there. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it was just me, Dad. Maybe it was just me. Um I know we didn't actually talk about it face to face. It's just like we never had the uh, we never had the sit down. We never had the birds and the bees face to face. <laughs> it was just I understood after a while from from being around the family and everything else. That's not what you do. That's not how you work this out. And so we go from that to a couple of other stories. So you have, I wanted to get to this because this came, this came out over the weekend and it is incredibly funny to me. So we were talking about ICE and we were talking about everything else going on, right? And apparently ICE um, is doing their job, but they're just now finally getting to doing their job 
for this young man. Uh, you see, there's a rapper in Atlanta, and this rapper, his name is 21 Savage. I'm sure nobody has heard of him. Um, he's just He just makes $8 million mumble rapping for a living. You know, that's, that's all he does. He mumble raps for a living. And he made eight million dollars. He has a net worth of eight million dollars. See, he came to the United States from the UK in two thousand five. In two thousand six, his visa ran out and was expired, and he decided to go underground and stay in the U.S. He has been illegal in the United States in Atlanta, Georgia, since two thousand six. He got into the rap game in, 20, uh, in uh, 2013, and he was found and made popular in 2015. Um, since he's been made popular, he's been claiming he is from Atlanta and everything else, and nobody's really looked at him. You see, 2013, 2015, 20... That seems to be the same time and place that uh, a Mr. One uh, Barack Obama was in in office, and he wasn't deporting a lot of people that were doing their overstayed visas and things like that. So he came on the radar um, over the past couple of years, and just found out, you know, last, what is it, 2018, he did this whole neighborhood thing, right, um, where he did this concert for his neighborhood and everything else. And all that, all that other mess. And so he went through, uh, went through this entire thing. Made this neighborhood rap, rap game and everything to to to, to back up his hood um, in Atlanta. And then shortly after, he was arrested because people started looking into his file and everything else. See, overstayed visas is actually one of the biggest is one of the bigger portions of illegals. In our country, we do have our border issues, but for anybody who's not south of the border, um, if you've come here from anywhere other than the south of the border um, and you stay here past your visa limit, you are, the, the day after, the day after, or the day of, the second after your visa expires, you are illegal. For him to have actually become legal um, again, he would have had to go home back to the UK, file the paperwork and everything else, and it would have taken him months and months and months and months and months to come back. He was 17 at the time when he came over the first time, so I'm guessing he came over for schooling. Uh, More than likely, he dropped out uh, based upon the scene that he got into. His real name is Shah Yah Bin Abraham Joseph. I'm going to say that again. Shah Yah Bin Abraham Joseph, also known as 21 Savage. Uh, if you take, if you go look up pictures of him and everything else, you'll find out that his face is covered in tattoos and all the other mess. Like I said, he was he was found in the Atlanta scene, and it's just hilarious that somehow a kid from the UK was able to go to Atlanta and pass as a native Georgian. Um, that is amazing to me. Uh, maybe he took a couple of years uh, in the underground area to to get down the slang and everything else. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know how. But that's probably how it happened. On the same lines, you have um, another rapper. Shocker. Another rapper whose name is Takashi69. Um, I'm sure that you guys don't know him. I'm going to see if I can't pull up this image real quick for you. I'm sure you guys don't know him. Takashi69, right? Um, He's been a rapper on the scene for a while. Um, He's a kid. 
I mean a kid. And when I say kid, I mean woe to the kid. This this kid is... Uh, he looks younger than I do. And that's with the tattoos all over his face. So he looks younger than I do. Here, take a look at this and show. Uh, tell me that this doesn't look like a little boy uh, that's that's going to, through a transition phase. Um, and by that, I mean transitioning into a girl. <laughs> this man, boy probably something about that line this one in particular has uh he's going to jail he's been arrested over uh he pled guilty to federal charges of hiring a hitman to go and shoot at one of his uh one of his rival rap artist members so somebody who's a rap artist in, in the in a different rival New York concert gang, whatever, blah blah blah. He hired a man to go shoot and kill this person, Takashi, sixty nine, who I don't have his real name because me, I don't really care. <laughs> so he's been indicted on the charges. What is it? Which also included his former manager um, included in those charges, which is hilarious to me. Oh goodness. What is it? He's got how many years? How many years? How many years? I think he's getting like 14 years or something for this. I believe it's 14 years. Uh, Don't quote me on that. I believe he's getting 14 years in jail. And with a face and hair like that, he will be warmly welcome. He will be warmly welcome in jail. Speaking of child pornography, apparently a YouTube star, Austin Jones... A very prolific YouTube star, in fact. Um, Looks very young, but he's, he's what, 26 years old. He uh, is facing anywhere between 5 to 20 years in prison um, and psychological counseling for doing things like enticing underage girls to send him explicit uh, explicit videos and pictures of themselves um, to prove that they were his, quote, biggest fans. That's right, you heard me right. He pled guilty Friday uh, to child pornography charges after he persuaded several young female fans to make uh, and send him sexually explicit videos of themselves. Jones, who became famous for his acapella covers and video... His name is Daniel Hernandez? Oh, wow. He is not going to be doing well. Tower, thank you. He is not going to be doing well. That's not good for him. Oh, man. So, this Austin Jones guy, that's that's Takashi69. His name is Daniel Hernandez. There you go. Um, Danny boy. <laughs> okay. Anyway. He became famous for his acapella covers and his, uh, of his videos of his pop songs, and uh, he admitted to a plea agreement to enticing six underage girls to send videos. This is only the ones that he's been caught for folks this is only the people that he's been caught for he faces between five years and 20 years in prison um according to the plea jones convinced the girl uh the six girls who were 14 and 15 years of age to send videos of themselves performing sexual acts um you know showing their butt their breasts their genitals and dancing in a very sexual manner. He also attempted to persuade many more underage female fans to send him uh, uh, explicit videos and uh, photographs approximately 30 other occasions. They did not, so he didn't get charged for those. 
In the dancing videos, Jones would encourage the girls to talk about their age the entire time, so he has an age fetish. This kid is not just wondering about the things and like, oh, they look old enough. No, 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 no. He wants to make sure that he gets off on things about... Yeah, yeah, things about uh, things about the age and everything like that. Tower of Babel over on the BW chat room. 69, somebody... 69 somebody's going to be uh, going to be tasting the rainbow not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You get a bell for that tower. Good job. Nicely done. Nicely done. You get a bell for that. Where are the parents? Uh not watching YouTube with their daughters. That's where the parents are. Not watching YouTube with their daughters. You see that's that's where it comes with uh you know not not supervising your children when they're on their phones and uh, allowing them to go and do pretty much whatever they want on their phones at all points in time because it's easier. They're quiet and so you don't care, um, which is a bad thing because when kids are quiet, usually they're doing something wrong. They're doing something wrong. Was it Jay? This is why I've, I have to be so rude with my 10-year-old daughter uh, ask for an iPhone. I know. So here's the thing. My daughter has a phone. She has an iPhone, but it's well supervised, um, incredibly supervised. Like she pretty much only does um, a learning educational game, and she plays Pokemon on it. So, uh, and she has a chat that is supervised by the adults. Um, only allowed we only allow people that we've approved of talking to her and things like that. She can't even give out her number to anybody else. So, um, we supervise it harshly but um most of the time she has earned the right to have the responsibility uh of having a phone most of the time like right now she doesn't have it because she doesn't doing <clears throat> she she forgot to do her homework for like a month so no phone for her anyway jones has been uh, jones had been scheduled uh, to perform on the Warped Tour. This this acapella kid from YouTube ha- was going to go on the Warped Tour um, uh, last year, uh, the, uh, the year that he was arrested, but uh, let me see. But more than 9,000 people signed a petition calling for his removal due to the allegations of, uh, of the posts from several teens in 2015. So this has been going around for quite a while. This has been since 2015. This guy has been... Um, under the radar, under the microscope of things going on. And it just so happens that they finally were able to get his information and pull everything up. So it's just mm, not so great, not good stuff. And I, I, I can thoroughly believe the case on this. So wait a second, Kevin. Kevin John Hutchins uh, over on the Facebook in 10 years, the public schools uh, schools will be showing hardcore porno films to third graders. Well, that might be true. That might be true. I mean, you do have uh, YouTube for Kids channels already talking to uh, Planned Parenthood and things like that. I talked about that on Friday. So, yeah, um, hardcore porn may be the next ca- next uh, next step. They may be showing alternative porn as well. Um, which guy? The, the, the kid, the, the YouTube guy? You want to know his name? Uh, I said his name a couple times, but was it? Oh man, what is it? See now it's gone. It's gone. Austin Jones. Austin Jones. The 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 guy's name was Austin Jones. Uh, don't go look him up. 
it's not a good idea. Make sure your daughter doesn't go look him up either on the YouTubes. Apparently, he was very popular for acapella singing, which is great. That's fine. But um, that's where it should have stopped. And he, he should have stopped himself from then on in. In the same vein of things, Kansas judge calls a thirteen uh, calls girls who are 13 and 14 years old aggressors in a child sex soliciting case. That's right. You heard me right. A Kansas judge has come under fire for saying... Uh, for saying in court that two girls solicited by an online predator to have sex with him when they were 13 and 14 were partly to blame for what happened to them. Quote, I do find that the victims in this case in particular were more, uh, more an aggressor than a participant in the criminal conduct. This is from the Leavenworth County Judge Michael Gibbons. Um, what he said in the remarks delivered uh, at a December sentencing of a 67-year-old man who paid for sex with two girls, according to the report and the Kansas City Star. Um, the Star reported the, stu- uh, the students that uh, uh, excuse me. The Star reported on Sunday that Gibbons ignored prosecutors in sentencing Raymond. Uh, Raymond Sodden to nearly six years in prison. Prosecutors said that Sodden had a prior conviction with battery and sexual battery and had asked that he be sentenced for more than more to 13 years. So the paper reported that Gibbons explained in his reasoning for more than uh, for more leniency sentencing by saying that the two girls went to the guy's house voluntarily and took the money from him for sexual favors. That doesn't matter. They were prostituting themselves at what? 13 and 14? Sorry. They don't have they don't have the wherewithal to understand that. Now, I do understand that uh, girls around that age, actually children around that age, have become a lot more sexually active. Um, even when I was in high school, kids were coming out of middle school talking talking trash about you know their sexual exploits and activities when they were uh, when they were in seventh and eighth grade, and it didn't make sense to me because it's like you're shooting. Well, first off, the boys are shooting blanks. What are you doing? It's 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 useless. Come on, stop it, stop it. Don't do it. It's not good for you. Not right now, anyway. So, quote. There were certain se- uh, they were certainly selling things monetarily that isn't against the law for even a, an adult to sell, he said, uh, according to the paper, which obtained a transcript of the sentencing. Neither girl showed up for the sentencing. They also uh, swayed the judge. Uh, that also swayed the judge's sentence, the paper reported. The, ki- the child advocate for Shawnee, Can- uh, uh, for Shawnee uh, Kansas, told the paper that uh, the two girls were minors and victims, not aggressors. He says, quote, uh, quote, sexual assault is never the victim's fault. It doesn't matter what the girls did or didn't do. He is still the adult, and nobody, nobody deserves to be taken advantage of sexually. Now, I do agree that children should not be taken advantage of sexually. I do agree to that. And this man who's 60-something years old, shouldn't be messing with teenage girls in the first place. And I understand that they were selling it, and I'm probably sure that he didn't actually ask for ID to check and make sure. But at the same point in time, I, I sympathize with the judge a little bit on this, 
I can see how the judge would come to that conclusion. I can see how he would say, you know, look, they were the ones pressing the issue. They were the ones that were trying to push it. They were the ones trying to sell their bodies. They were the ones that were trying to do all these things. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. But at the same point in time, that has no bearing on the sentencing. The guy did a ta- the the guy did a thing that he knew he shouldn't do. He not only did a thing that he knew he shouldn't do, but he did a thing with that he knew he shouldn't do with children. So at the same point in time, I get you. I get you. The, the, the kids were 13 and 14 years old. The girls were 13 and 14 years old. Um, and they could have been pretty much fully formed at that point. I mean, children nowadays are growing rapidly. They're growing crazy. Um, it's, 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 it's a nutcase, a nuthouse out there. <sighs> oh, hey, before I forget, go to traguns.com once more. Go to traguns.com. Use, uh, use Steven. Tell him that uh, Stephen over at Mojo sent you. Get it going in there. It'll be great times. And uh, and wandering through. Hold on tight, guys. Next up, you have Watson Prunier over at Battle for Freedom. And then uh, an hour after him, you have the Situation Room with Rocky Stucci. Uh, you guys are going to want to stick around for that. <sighs> this has been Defenders Live. Mojo 5-0. Live free. We'll see all you jackals tomorrow. Talk to you later, bud. Bye-bye. is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart.